Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. Welcome to the Wealth Made Simple podcast. And we're at number 200. So this is the 200th episode. And I hope you've enjoyed listening to the content so far. I want to thank you, obviously, for following my work and listening to uh, the content that I share and obviously to continue doing that. And if there's anything you want me to share uh, or any particular topics or subtopics that you enjoy, you've got my contact details at the end of this podcast. Reach out to me. Let me know what you want. I'll be happy to create that content. And thanks once again for listening. Top areas for investing in property. Trying to find the right area to invest in where you're kind of starting off can be quite daunting and difficult because it's new to you. And although it's kind of simpler and to some extent easier to invest in properties close to home, where you live, you know the area well, you know the investors there, uh, you've got people, contractors uh, and other contacts, and that can be very tempting and going further afield can be difficult. Now, while the UK property market uh, on a general right now is on an upward trend, certain cities and towns are expanding more quickly than others. And you'd kind of expect that, wouldn't you? And I'm sure as you've heard before, when it comes down to investing, it's all about location, location, location. Now, from a regional perspective, according to Savills, house prices in the Northwest and Yorkshire and the Humber region are expected to grow around about 18.8% by 2026. Now that's fantastic growth, by the way. And with the government's uh, investment agenda, whether you agree with it or whether you don't, it's a totally different story. Uh, I won't go down that path today. Uh, but the North-South divide in house prices uh, looks set to kind of close over the next five years. And uh, looking to cities in the North, uh, you could deliver better opportunities or gain better opportunities and deliver better returns for yourself and your investors. Now, Manchester is one of the top destinations for young professionals in the Northwest for very obvious reasons. Big city, big lot of opportunity, good universities, good nightlife, etc. Uh, and in theory, such a demographic should lend itself to highly performing rental markets uh, as young people are unlikely to have capital, generally speaking, uh, to move out of the rental market to get on the housing ladder, at least at the beginning of their careers when they obviously starting as graduates or just starting a new job. Uh, and in this case, theory appears to be reflecting what the reality is. According to Select Property, Manchester outperforms the national average for rental yields. So this is a place you should be looking at very carefully. Uh, and in March 2020, it was predicted that Manchester would have the highest rental growth in the UK over the next five years. Remember, March 2020 was when COVID and lockdown started in the UK. Now, Manchester uh, could therefore be an attractive location for buy-to-let landlords, and it is, and I think you ought to look at it in detail. Additionally, Manchester should, in theory, uh, become an even more attractive place to live in the future, thanks to the government's levelling up agenda. Again, how good that is, I'm not going to comment, uh, but I'll leave you to draw your own conclusions. Uh, according to the Manchester Evening News, six projects in Manchester were allocated a share of £4.8 billion 
from the Chancellor and the 2021 Autumn Statement or Autumn Budget. Projects such as markets, town hall refurbishments uh, and bridges to connect student campuses uh, to business areas are all due to receive significant pots of money from central government. Now, attracting people uh, who live in, this, in, in, a, in a city environment uh, will obviously drive up rental demand because more people want to be living in those urban areas uh, and therefore that makes it a sound property uh, investment, I think. Manchester is also a sound investment for uh, businesses uh, with up to 40% uh, lower operating costs compared to London and the largest regional economy outside of London. It makes good sense to set up shop there, I think, because there's a huge opportunity and there's a huge demographic that you can target. The city centre project alone was assigned 20 million from the 4.8 billion allocated levelling up fund in the north in the 2021 autumn budget. This money is uh, to be used to build up on the existing culture and create space for small businesses and also for startups. With this expected growth for businesses uh, and for commercial property, residential property uh, and other businesses, it's an attractive investment demographic area region that you should be looking at. So keep an eye on Manchester and do your research. And number two, Newcastle uh, has one of the best graduate retention rates in the country and is recognized as one of the fastest growing cities for startup businesses. So there is a prime market for tenants and uh, it's something again you should be looking at. It's football club, which I won't talk too much about, by the way, uh, but it recently uh, was bought out by incredibly wealthy owners and their investment could bring in tourism, uh, new residents and new opportunities. But I, I will leave it there because I'm not a football specialist. Additionally, the Northeast is home to several tech hubs, which are estimated to be worth 1.1 billion. So the tech industry is pretty booming in that area. And the percentage of privately rented property in Newcastle has doubled over the last 12 years. So it's a proven market. Residential property prices in Newcastle are generally below the national average, so they're more affordable. Uh, a large number of property developers uh, believe that the Northeast is the UK's most opportunity rich region. Uh, and I can see why. Commercial property in Newcastle is approximately 30% cheaper than anywhere in the UK. And I think you should make commercial property part of your wider portfolio and investment strategy. Therefore, it could be very attractive uh, as an option for investors who prefer commercial property, uh, especially if you're looking at commercial conversions. And I've got loads of videos on this channel here for you to look at commercial conversions, by the way, because it's one of my favorite strategies. Additionally, Newcastle is a popular destination for uh, a weekend city break. So service accommodation, again, is a very viable option because it's a thriving city. Number three, Nottingham uh, has two popular and good universities, especially Nottingham University, and like Manchester, has a thriving student population. It has the fastest growing economy in the East Midlands, according to residential estates. 39,000 new jobs are due to be created in Nottingham by 2030. That is significant growth. Uh, and if you like me, you drive up and down the country, then you'll know that the M1 runs right beside uh, the city, which makes much of the country within a short drive and is within a close distance of two airports. It also uh, is only an hour and a half away from London by train and connected to most major cities uh, through uh, the rail through the rail network. 
Such attributes make Nottingham a very attractive place to live in uh, and it's got many other amenities uh, which are of uh, interest to most people. Nottingham uh, is within the remit of D2N2, the local enterprise partnership for Derbyshire and Nottinghamshire. Its strategic plan vision 2030 aims to generate up to 9 billion of added value to the local economy. That's significant for a place uh, the size of Nottingham. Now, to do this, substantial resources are being allocated to business support programs and vocational skill development in the city. And I think that's incredibly important, especially for the younger generations creates more opportunity. Uh, and the funding is also being used to upgrade Nottingham's physical infrastructure because obviously infrastructure is important to growth uh, and to improve facilities and bring in tourism and obviously also to attract inward investment from corporates and other businesses. For property investors, people like you and me, the picture is as good as it gets in my opinion. In 2019, Nottingham had the greatest growth in house prices of any UK city, 5.2%. The private rental sector of the housing market in Nottingham now makes up 26% according to the Office for National Statistics 2019. Recently, the majority of new developments in Nottingham have been for student market and student accommodation. Surprise, surprise there. And therefore, there is a shortage of housing for young professionals and other demographics. So make sure you keep an eye on Nottingham. Uh, this undersupply means that rents can continue to rise and thus will likely be a good return on investment and obviously there's huge demand so that means more properties are going to be taken up. Next we have Bristol. Aldermore named Bristol as its top city for property investors in its 2021 city tracker. It is an hour and a half away from London and you'll know if you know about Bristol that quite a few people commute in and out of London on a regular basis. It's got direct links with the M4 and the M5 and it connects well to the Midlands and the Northwest. Uh, it's home to two universities and Bristol University obviously is one of the best universities in the country or a very good university at least anyway and boasts a good retention for keeping their student graduates in the city. Uh, it was named U Europe's most trendiest city by National Geographic and it's a good place to go by the way. I've been there quite a few times and it's very attractive uh, for different ages especially for young people. Bristol was also named the third strongest economy in the UK in April 2021 by This Is Money. The study cited uh, in the article and it concluded that Bristol was one of the best uh, placed cities in the UK to cope with challenges faced in the post-recovery from the pandemic. It also maintains a high level of employment rate and I'm not surprised by that because they get a lot of investment and the city is built for growth. And the average house price in Bristol is due to exceed the national average, uh, which may be off-putting to many potential landlords, uh, but they have constantly grown over the last decade uh, and it continues to grow. However, perhaps as an impact of this, rental property in Bristol is some of uh, the most demand in the entire country. Only 0.6% of its housing stock was left vacant over the last 12 months. That's pretty low, by the way. Uh, therefore, if you are concerned about house prices, it may be worthwhile uh, investing in commercial uh, conversions. Maybe even do two or three. Why not? It's a good strategy and I highly recommend it. Number five, we have Glasgow because we want to make sure we represent different places up and down the country. Uh, and Glasgow has great 
public transport links. So the city is easy to, to find your way around. Uh, Glasgow has a thriving arts sector with incredibly popular music and theatre venues. And it's a good thriving place and a nice place to visit. By the way, if you haven't been there, check it out. Uh, the city hosts three universities uh, with 65,000 students attending uh, and most of which are making the city their home post-graduation, uh, at least uh, during term time. But obviously, the, the people tend to stay there as well. Uh, Glasgow is a much larger city than Edinburgh, so there are more opportunities for property investing. It was rated as one of the top 10 world tourist destinations by Lonely Planet. It's a good place to go. Its football stadium, Hampton Park, was chosen as one of the venues for Euro 2020, bringing in tens of thousands of tourists to the city. Therefore, service accommodation at that time and going forward, I think is a real opportunity and a fantastic income generator. It's also been named uh, as one of the best cities for millennials and young people to live in and work in. Now, house prices are starting to rise significantly in Glasgow and you're not, you won't be surprised because obviously there's, there's huge demand, but they remain below the UK average for now. So get in there early if you can. Uh, and I think it's worthwhile investing in Glasgow uh, because that way you can obviously benefit from both capital appreciation and obviously all the income that it generates too. Rents in Glasgow have risen by 38% over the last nine years. That's significant. It's on average takes around about a month from putting a property on the rental market to finding a tenant, which is pretty good going. Uh, so Glasgow, if you're interested up north, is a good place to look at. Uh, and I think you should visit it, at least if you haven't been there. And if you have been there, check out uh, the property prices and the market uh, to see what works for you. So uh, I suggest you look at the different areas, look at the five I've suggested, look at which ones give you the best return, which ones give you a good feel, which ones offer you capital growth. Uh, which one also gives you that warm, cozy feeling where you think your investment's going to be safe. You'll have a fantastic return on investment, a place you don't mind visiting yourself, somewhere where you could possibly live or where your demographic and your target market uh, would enjoy living. And then obviously crunch the numbers uh, and no one place is going to be exactly what you're looking for. Uh, but then you could invest in two different areas uh, because they might have unique things about both of them uh, so you might like to invest for example in Bristol and then also decide to invest up north in Newcastle and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you have a very clear strategy in terms of what you're looking to achieve or what kind of uh, demographic that you're targeting also think about the kind of type of land landlord you want to be you want to work with young people you want to work with professionals you want to work with the aging population uh, and take all those things into account and then think about which particular area works for you, which particular strategy works for you. Uh, and uh, obviously look at the ones that give you the best return. Uh, and I think it's good to look at in different places, good to look at different strategies and then decide because ultimately it depends on the type of landlord you want to see yourself being or where you want to be. Uh, now, if you're comfortable and you trust another company to deal with the day-to-day -day running of your management of your uh, property business. I think that's fantastic. Do that because that means you can focus on the things you're really good at and grow your business quicker. If you're the type of person who wants to manage yourself and save a bit of cash, again, that's down to you, but that's going to slow you down to some extent. Uh, so you make that choice. Uh, I 
keep it all hands off, give it to other people to run so I can focus on the things that I'm really good at doing, the things that I enjoy doing, because that then gives me more satisfaction, more enjoyment. I wake up every day and thinking, I want to go to work because I'm doing the stuff that I enjoy. If I start doing things that I don't enjoy and they're boring, and I've got to obviously take, have a sense of responsibility, take them seriously, uh, but I don't enjoy doing them, I'm not going to do a good job. And that's why uh, I always make sure I, number one, invest you know, within a 60 mile radius of Peterborough, usually 40 miles because then I, I can drive there. Uh, I always make sure I buy property that interests me and excites me, both in terms of adding value, return on income, capital growth, but also where the property has something about it. Generally speaking, I end up uh, buying grade two listed buildings because uh, they have good challenges, uh, but also you can make the property look fantastic and really nice. Uh, and that creates more demand because people want to live in those type of properties. I don't want to be traveling two hours up and down the motorway or on a, on a train or uh, by other means. But that's because I'm clear on my ideal type of tenant, my ideal buyers if I'm selling, uh, and I'm also clear on the type of uh, ideal type of property to some extent, although it's never ideal because it's, it's pre-built, so I've just got to go with what's available. So I'm clear on that. I'm then clear on the future growth of that particular area, look at the infrastructure, the transport links, all these things are important, local schools, then nighttime economy because obviously that's important yeah the overall friendliness of, of the area is it family friendly is it student friendly uh, what type of people want to live there uh, so those, those things are important uh, also open green spaces because i think more and more after covid uh, people appreciate uh, open space so i look at that too uh, and i think you should obviously have your own criteria for the the type of area you want to look at, the type of property, the type of demographic, uh, and obviously the, the wider amenities, uh, because that's what most people, most tenants, families look out for, and what's important to them. Uh, it's not what, about what you want and what I want, it's about what our tenants or our customers want, call them what you like, uh, and then obviously making sure we provide uh, for what they want. And I think it's important having your ideal tenants needs in your mind but when you're looking at property because then you can see things from their perspective. You can narrow down on the properties which fit, the properties that don't fit and you can then obviously start to let your uh, deal sources, your agents know the type of properties you want so they only send you those deals in a particular price range so it stops you wasting time looking at every single property uh, on the market in a particular point. Because I think there's no point in doing that, looking at all different deals, because that's just going to consume you. You can spend a whole day, week, month, three months, six months, a whole year, just looking at loads of different property deals and then have fatigue of analysing so many deals. I'd rather say have a criteria and kind of stick to that particular criteria. Then you know what works for you, what doesn't work for you. You become familiar with those particular type of deals. You become familiar with the returns. You become familiar with how much it costs you to refurb, redevelop, uh, and then the refinancing also becomes easier because there are certain lenders who like to lend on certain types of properties, certain sizes of properties, certain areas, certain type of, type of tenants, demographic, all of those things become easier and simpler. And at the end, of course, you're there to make sure that you give a fantastic property to your tenants who live in it long term, 
uh, and who enjoy that property because that's what we're about. I mean, people think property investors are money grabbing people. I know from experience we're not. We want to provide nice uh, properties to people who want to rent them out. Of course, if they then go on to buy their own properties, that's absolutely fine. Uh, but if they want to stay in our properties, that's what they are there for. But do bear in mind that obviously since COVID, uh, that construction work uh, has felt the pinch. It takes longer and it's costing a lot more money. Uh, so bear that in mind. So if you haven't done the numbers recently, make sure you check out the prices of buying materials and also the prices of labor and the lead times uh, because a lot of people right now uh, are overspending because the figures that they worked out when they bought the properties uh, are very different to what they're having to spend now on the refurb work. So make sure you kind of uh, get that as right as possible. If you're not experienced, speak to a country surveyor. They'll obviously be looking at deals all the time and they'll be able to give you some real good advice on what works and what doesn't work. Also, obviously, uh, speak to your local agents for both in terms of what's happening in the property market right now and also if you're looking to sell your properties what they think you can sell the property for and do remember that choosing to invest uh, in a property uh, that there is a lot of demand for may mean that you have to compete with other investors for the deal but i can tell you the best property deal that i've done i've usually overpaid for them and paid more for them because there's been more demand for that property but uh, over the long run those properties have served me well. There's been huge demand. They've always, always rented out. There's been capital growth. The return on investment's been good. So don't just think you want to nab deals or get the best deals possible and kind of beat people on price. Sometimes, okay, overpaying for a property in a good area with huge demand isn't a bad thing, by the way. And that might be contrary to what other people are telling you. I'm just sharing with you my experience. Now, it's also import, important, I feel, to know the law of the land. A lot of local housing laws and regulations are managed by local councils and local authorities rather than central government. Uh, therefore, these can differ from area to area. So if you're focusing on two different areas, make sure you're familiar with those rules. Uh, it would be very frustrating to have found an ideal property and then bought it, only to find out that, that you can't do what you wanted to do with it uh, from the outset because of local restrictions. So, for example, in Nottingham, there's an Article 4 direction which removes the right to carry out certain types of permitted development and then you've got challenges with setting up HMOs and you need to apply for planning uh, before you set up an, an HMO. Now, if you don't know that and you bought a property and you're going to set up an HMO, you find out about Article 4, that might mean it makes it difficult for you. You might go through the planning process. You might not obtain planning. And it's just going to frustrate you and the entire process and your business plan. And therefore, it's essential, absolutely essential, that you do your homework before. You know what the rules are, what the regulations are, what the local authority is looking for. And as a city councillor, I will say to you, work with the local authority. Councils want to work with landlords and good, responsible landlords. Uh, and if there's a requirement for housing, they will point in the right direction because they have an obligation, obviously, to make sure everybody's housed. Uh, so if, if there's some certain demand or certain things you can do to help them, uh, they'll obviously help you in return in terms of pointing you out in the right direction. I'm not talking about anything uh, that is untoward here. I'm talking about just having a grown-up conversation about saying to them, where is their demand? Where can I 
build property or extend, refurbish, redevelop, and then work with you. Additionally, remember that regulations uh, can also change. So it's up to you or you, if you have a planning consultant uh, to make sure they keep up to date and they keep you up to date uh, because that's very important. But finally, make sure you visit the place. Yeah, look around there because uh, looking online is great. But being in a place, feeling it, seeing it, talking to people, checking out the vibe, soaking in the environment, the atmosphere, it's going to give you a very different impression to looking at brochures, uh, to looking at photos, to looking at online reviews, and to looking at uh, information on websites or on social media. And I think nothing uh, beats the fact that you go out there, you talk to people, you look or look at what's going on, and uh, observing and learning uh, through being there, uh, I think has a very different feel to it, and it's going to give you a lot of information. I know that takes time and it takes effort, especially if it's far away from where you live. But the good thing is if you've done that journey once and you find out you're living in, let's say, in Leicester and you're traveling to Newcastle as a one-off, you realize, I don't want to do this journey regularly, but then maybe investing in Leicester isn't for you. And maybe you should invest locally in Leicestershire or Northamptonshire or Nottinghamshire or somewhere in the Midlands. Uh, so there's pros and cons for investing in different areas, uh, but visit the place so you're very comfortable with exactly what's going on and also look at the council's growth plans uh, and other investment plans look at what funding's coming in uh, if they have a metro mayor for example through a devolved authorities look at what funding they've got what plans they've got most of this stuff by the way is in the local media it's available but if you approach the council or the metro mayor's office or you look at stats or write to the mp for that local area They'll give you all this information anyway so you don't have to kind of hunt around for it uh, it's all available there for you to get hold of you just got to make that first step and the effort uh, to find what you're looking for so you got to know what you're looking for and when you're obviously out there then make notes for yourself to remind you about the area what works well what doesn't work well which parts of the city do you like which streets do you like uh, because when you come back, you'll probably forget half the stuff that you saw. But if you've made notes, then you can obviously refer to them. If you've got your criteria, you can tick things off, okay, and see how much of your criteria is met in a particular area and then compare that to two, three, four different cities or areas and then compare and contrast. So you're doing something which is a bit more uh, methodical as opposed to gut feel and going by how you feel about something. I think having a checklist and a process is important. And ultimately, it depends on whether you are comfortable, like I said, traveling up around the country or staying in one particular area. Personally, like I said, I only invest in a 60 mile radius, ideally 40 mile radius uh, from Peterborough. 60 minute drive uh, or less is better. I like to be hands off uh, in terms of uh, in investing the properties, hands on when it comes to refurbishing them. That's what I enjoy doing uh, and it works well for me. You need to find out what works well for you and do it. And sometimes it just means trying different things and then you'll find out what you like, what you don't like. Uh, but what I can tell you is there's fantastic opportunities out there uh, up and down the country. Your job is to find out what works well for you, which strategy you enjoy and then go out there and deploy it because you can only achieve anything by taking action. By sitting down and making notes, uh, it's not going to get you anywhere. You've got to, Make sure 
you get to go out there and do stuff because that's when the magic happens. Now, if you're looking at investing in any of the cities that I've shared with you, very importantly, and just to re-emphasize, make sure you research it, make sure you go and visit, visit it, make sure you go in there with your eyes open uh, and find kind of the hotspots where things work well. Look at what the rental yield is, what the sale prices are, what are the outside external factors there are uh, so that you know exactly what you're looking for. Now, thanks for watching this video. Please don't forget to subscribe so I can keep you updated on all the new regular great content. If you like the video, click like any comments, both in terms of questions or comments in terms of observations, whether you agree or disagree, post it uh, in the comments below. I'll happily uh, respond and answer any of your questions and share my opinion with you. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.